this place today. Amen. Mark the set, Mark the ninth chapter. Start reading in verse 17. Where the Lord says, And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. And he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away, as he withers away. I, I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. And he fell to the ground and, and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, how long, Jesus asked his father, how long is it ago since uh, this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Jesus said all things. It doesn't matter what it is, just like the song says. You can go ahead and list anything you want. All things are possible to him that believe. Why? Because we know who to go to. We go to Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. With him are all things are possible. And so I want to preach to you today from this title, simply just untouchable. This little kid seemed untouchable. Nobody could help him out. But when he came to Jesus, things changed. Turn to a few people, wave or wave to them, greet them, and you may be seated today. Amen. The, uh, the county fair is in town. If you haven't noticed or you don't know, I think today's the last day. So, uh and uh, she says that because we live behind the Civic Center, which is where the fair is. Uh, and so having little ones in the back seat, driving by the fairgrounds at least twice a day, it's extremely difficult to not notice what's going on, especially at night with all the fancy, crazy lights. And so that pretty much guarantees that we will be going to the fair every time it's in town. That's a consequence of living next to it. But this year, I was kind of looking forward to it because last year there was this game, um, if you can call it that. Uh, and here's how this fair game worked because, you know, fair games are always fair. So this, this game uh, cost $10 to play. And all you had to do was just hang from a bar for two minutes. If you can hang from this bar, you pay $10, hang from this bar for two minutes, uh, you would win 100 bucks, $100 for two minutes. That's $3,000 an hour. That's, that's my dream job right there. And so when I saw it, I was like, it's fine. There it is, my dream job, $3,000 an hour. Uh, and so this got my attention last year, and as well of a bunch of other thick-skulled males. And uh, I was chomping at the bit to do it, but I didn't do it uh, last year. And, and so this year comes around, the fair's coming around, and I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm getting excited about it. Uh, we're talking about when we're going to go, and I, I'm shaking in my head thinking, yep, we are going for sure. Because this is the year... That we're going to be going to the fair for free. We're going to the fair free this year. We're going to get paid to go. We're going to get paid to eat all that great tasting horrible food. This is the year we're getting paid. And so this is the year I'm going to hang on that bar for two minutes. And then we're going to have lots of fun on behalf of them. Uh, well, before we load it into the van, I, I go over to the girls' swing set. And I, I grab a hold of the monkey bars, and I said, well, well, might as well just go to work, right? I'm getting paid $3,000 an hour now, so 
uh, it's time to go to work. Well, it's a good thing that my wife budgeted money to go to the fair. Because it turns out that two minutes is an eternity trying to hang from a bar off the ground. But it is possible, but only if you've trained and prepared yourself to do it, because people have done it. Uh, obviously, I thought I was, it's a good thing that I didn't do it last year. But it's a, it's a good thing, I guess, because they, they weren't there this year, so I don't know what happened. They, they must have got out of, got COVID or, or uh, the bar broke or I don't know. I don't know what, somebody took them all their money or whatever. Somebody like me knew they were coming and they were training for it. And they went around to every one of them and just hung on them all like a monkey. So somebody beat me to it. But you can do that um, if you train and you prepare yourself because it really all, it all comes down to what I, I had to search Google and figure out the bet, you know, how to do all this. I was ready to go. Um, I should have I, I should have just hung on the bar to see if it's even worth tr trying because uh, 15 minutes was a, or 15 seconds was a, a long time. <laughs> so I should have done that before I did research. I'm like, eh, that's uh, not worth it. Finding another job. That's not my dream job. And so it really, they say it all comes down to your grip and your grip strength. You're, you know, you walk by, you think, oh, yeah, I can hang on that for two minutes. Well, your, your strength, your grip strength tells you otherwise, unless you've prepared for it. Uh, because you're trying to lay a hold of something. Laying a hold of it, grabbing it is the easy part. But keeping a hold of it, that is the hard part. Because that's where you need your strength to hold on to that if you're uh, reaching for two minutes. But we can all grab a hold of the bar, but keeping a hold of it is more difficult than we realize. And it doesn't come down to uh, uh, just grip strength, but some things are just hard to grab a hold of. You can win one of those three-eyed goldfish from the fair, and you can have a difficult time trying to grab a hold of it. It's not a bar. It's just a little fish, little guppy. You put it in your hand and try to hold it. You're going to have a hard time grabbing a hold of it. Uh, because it's just it's just uh, slippery and it just it slips out of your hand. It's not that you don't have the grip strength because you could probably crush it if you uh, with your strength. But some things you can just can't grab a hold of. You can't just get a firm grasp on it because they just slip away. Aren't you grateful that you just can't slip away from God's hands? That no matter what situation you find yourself in, God has a hand upon you and you can't be pulled out of it. You can't slip away from it because God has his hand upon you and you can't get out of it. Isaiah 59, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is the ear heavy that it cannot hear. It doesn't matter how far you go. Uh, you are not out of range that God cannot reach out and grab a hold of you. It doesn't matter how far into sin you are. It doesn't matter how slippery you are with sin. The hand of God is not short. When he grabs a hold of you, he has the strength and the power to not let you go and to keep a hold of you. Romans 8.35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Basically, what can break God's grip on us? We might as well list some of the things that we think could cause us to slip away. So Paul goes and does that. Shout tribulation? Nope, that ain't going to do it. Or distress? Nope, that ain't going to do it. What about persecution? Surely not. That ain't going to do it either. Or famine? Nope, that can't do it. Or, or nakedness or peril or sword? No, none of those are going to take you out from the hands of Almighty God. As he says, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted sheep for the slaughter. In verse 37, nay. That means no. No way. No way. None of those things that I just listed is going to break the things, the grip that God has on you. But he says, no, actually, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
Those things that we fear, those things that we shake, that shake our faith, those situations where we think that we are slipping away, Paul says, nay, not today. We are more than conquerors. We are to conquer in tribulation. We conquer in distress. We conquer in persecution. Yeah, they may not be easy, and yeah, it may not be smooth, and I might get tossed around a little bit. I might feel some pain and some heartache, but I know that someone has a hold of me, and he's not going to let me go. He's not going to let me slip away. He's not going to let something pull me out of his hand. He goes on, verse 38, for I am persuaded Neither death or life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so I'm persuaded that we're going to make it. I'm persuaded that we're going to get through whatever we're facing. Why? Because God's got a hold on me. God's got a grip on my life. And that God, we are going to be victorious and we are going to see revival because God's hand is upon us and nothing, nothing, nothing can take us from God's hand. Nothing can pull us out of his grip that he has on us. Not just us, but the lost people of Southwest Florida. The sinners, the unrighteous, God's love has a hold on them too. Not just the people in the church, but everybody. The sinner, God's love has got a hold on them. Even though they're not living for him, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He had a hold of you before you even realized it. He had his hands all over your life. You didn't even recognize it. You can look back now and say, oh, I see the hand of God now. I can see your hand. It was there the whole time, God. His hand is upon our lives, and he's upon the sinners as well. And that's why I believe that we're going to see backsliders come home. Because God's hand is still on them. And from what I've read, it didn't say when you backslide, that breaks God's grip on you. That's not what it says. The only thing that separates you from God uh, is a backslide. It doesn't say that. It says nothing. Nothing can separate us. And so that means those that have been here before, those that have prayed in these altars, God's hand is still upon them. God's hand, his love is still out there reaching a hold. God hasn't given up. God hasn't let go. And so we shouldn't either. We should continue to pray for them and to seek them out because God hasn't given up on them and neither should we. Nothing, nothing can separate us from his hand and from his love. That's why I believe that we're going to see them because he's still got a hold of them. And if it's his will that none should perish and that all should come to repentance, then that means God's not going to let them go. He's not going to break his grip on them and he's not going to let them slip out of his hands. And that should give you and I hope. For ourselves and for our lost loved ones and family members and the backsliders and our neighbors, God's hand is on everyone. Hebrews 6 and 18, it says by, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay a hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast, and which entereth in that within the veil. Our hope, the anchor of our soul, is knowing that God's love has a grip on us, and he's not going to let us slip away. Speaking of grabbing a hold of things, our text tells us of a situation in which a spirit of darkness grabbed the hold of a child. And we're not told how old he was, but his father said it's, it's been happening for a while. 
But let, let, let's look at what happens when a spirit of darkness grabs a hold of somebody. Mark 9, 18, and wheresoever he taketh him, that means the spirit, wherever, wheresoever the spirit takes my son, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. Uh, and so it appears, that, and we know this to be true, whether from personal experience or just observation, that when an ungodly spirit gets a hold of you and has you in its grips, you end up much worse than you were before. When they get a hold of somebody, their life goes way out of control. And, and that is the goal of the kingdom of darkness is to make you suffer as much as possible. If they get a hold on you or a hold of your life or a hold of your mind, you're going to suffer because that's all that they do. They will not leave you in a better state. An evil spirit is not going to grab a hold of you and suddenly you're going to say, I need to clean up my life. Or I, I need to clean my room. Or I'm going to clean the house. And your wife come home, comes home and the house is spotless and she says, what got a hold of you? And you say, an evil spirit. Doesn't happen, does it? That's not what they do. That's not how it works. When they get a hold of someone, uh, they, as the Father said, they taketh him. Take you. If they can grab a hold of you and, and grip on you, they're going to take you. And, and they, they, they grab the hold of someone and, and they, they take them to a place of darkness, a, a place of suffering, a, a place of pain and torment, a, a place of fear and oppression and, 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 and anguish. Why? Because if, if you're here with us on Thursday, we just started talking about kingdom. And the characteristics of the kingdom of darkness is pain, suffering, torment, fear. That's what a kingdom of darkness is going to be like if you're in that kingdom. And so when an evil spirit comes and grabs a hold of somebody, they're going to take them into the kingdom of darkness. That's their home. That's, that's, the, that's the way things are in their kingdom. Uh, pain, suffering, torment, and fear. And it's not uh, a physical place per se, although... They do prefer the dark as it gives name to their kingdom. But uh, most of the time, all it takes is for an ungodly, just ungodly spirit to grab a hold of your mind. That's where the first thing they're going to go is go for your mind. If they can get a hold of your mind, then they can just lead you away. And it will speak lies to you, cause you to fear, cause you to lose faith. Lose hope and become oppressed and, and depressed and, 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 and feeling heaviness and, and, and just not feeling yourself. Why? Because something's got a hold of you and it's trying to take you to the kingdom of darkness where it resides. It's trying to isolate you and to keep you away from church. Keep you away from the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of righteousness. Because if they can keep you from church and the people of God, then it's going to be much easier to grab a hold of you and keep you away. You think the kingdom of darkness wants you here at the church? Every evil spirit does not want you to come to church and connect and hear and grow with the people of God and connect with the body of Christ. Every unclean spirit, you have, you have millions of enemies now just because you showed up to church today. They don't want you here. I've been pastoring for almost seven years now. And let me tell you the, the reasons why people can't make it to church. Bishop, we should write a book or a whole series of books. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. It's astounding the, the reasons why people don't come to church. And, um, uh, of course, uh, it's, it's not, it's, of course, these things happen on Sunday or, or Saturday night. They don't happen Monday when you got to go to work, do they? Oh, only on Sunday. Weird. And, and so the devil doesn't want you to come to church, but he'll let you go to work. 
Uh, and so I'm over here just thinking, well, if you can just come, if you can just make your way, no matter if you got to go through hell or high water, just get to the house of God. Yeah, I know things happen, but don't, don't let that keep you from the church. Don't let that keep you from the house of God. Don't let that keep you from worshiping here in his spirit with his presence. And, and don't, let, uh, don't let that keep you away from letting God get a hold of you. It's here that your life gets better. Not staying away from here. You stay away from here, life's not going to get better. How can it? You're not, you're not with the Spirit of God. You're not, you're not with the kingdom of God. And, and so it's here that your life gets better, not by staying at home. It's here where deliverance happens. It's here where healing happens. It's here where transformation takes place. It's here where lives are changed. And when God gets a hold of somebody, he, he changes their life. He changes their circumstance. It's here that the power of sin is broken. It's here that we are made into new creatures in Christ. It's here where people are baptized in, in Jesus' name and, and having their sins washed away. It's here where people are filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. So, of course, the kingdom of darkness does not want you to come here. And if you do come here, they don't want you to come back uh, because this is the kingdom of light. And if they can grab a hold of you and take you away and keep you away, how is your life going to get any better? Evil spirits have a, a strong grip too. Obviously, not as strong as God's grip because they're not—they're not equal. They're not opposites. God is, is so much greater. But if a spirit—a uh, spirit of darkness—can grab a hold of someone, it can be hard to break that grip. Jesus encountered this many times with the Pharisees, the religious professionals who used the kingdom of God as their own personal gain and business. And whenever Jesus encountered them, he would rebuke them. He would call them hypocrites and, and that their father was the devil. Father wasn't God. He said their father's the devil. I mean, some, something's got a hold of them. Because they, they wouldn't teach and preach the truth. Because they were in it for themselves and, and out to make the money. And, and, and why do most of Christian churches, why don't most Christian churches preach what we preach? Why don't they preach Acts 2.38 and baptism in Jesus' name and, and fill with the Holy Ghost and being born of the water and of the Spirit? It's not like we got a different Bible. Uh, well, we all got the same Bible, but why do a lot of people don't preach that? I'll, I'll tell you why, because this is where the truth is. This is, this is where the, the, the power happens through being transformed by being born again. And why do those so-called uh, uh, ministers and, uh, of the gospel have uh, revivals and advertise uh, miracles and healings? And that's, uh, that's fine and well, but well, do they talk about repenting? Do they talk about being baptized in Jesus' name? Do they talk about getting filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking other tongues? Why don't we see them doing that? Because it's not profitable for them. It's not good business. Why would you give the key to everybody and they can all be delivered themselves? Good business is telling people what they want to hear. And what people want to hear is you don't really have to change all that much. You can live how you want. You can just show up when you can or be, don't forget to send your money in. But I'm here to tell you today that if you need a miracle, if you need a healing, if you need deliverance, all you got to do is to go to an apostolic church that preaches the truth because it's the truth that sets you free. Not some speaker, not some professional, but every word of God, everything in here, this is what sets you free. You need a healing, it's in here. You need a miracle, it's in here. You need deliverance, it's found in the word of God. So you need to go to a place that preaches the whole truth and nothing but the truth because that's where the power is. Not in some advertisement, not in some marketing or promotion materials. The power is in the Word of God. The power is in the Spirit of God. And if you have the Spirit of God, if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, what do you need? What else do you need? 
you if you've never preached Acts 2:38 and being born again, then people are really never set free, are they? You can have revival after revival after tent revival, but if you're never preaching the truth, people are still in bondage. What you don't need, you don't need another healing or miracle service. What you need is to preach Acts 2.38, get people getting baptized. That's going to change and transform your life. Can you imagine if every preacher of every church here in Fort Myers started preaching Acts 2.38, John 3 and 5, how you must be born of the water and of the spirit. Can you imagine what this city would be like? And that's why we preach it here. Every message, because that is the key to transforming your life and truly letting God get a hold of you is being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the key to it all. I don't need to chase all those other people around and uh, because I've been born again. I've got the Holy Ghost power inside of me, and so all i got to do as a child of God is start praying to God. I don't need to go anywhere. I just got to go to an apostolic church. If I need a touch, he's here. If I need a healing, guess what? He's inside of me. His spirit's inside of me. If I need deliverance, he's right here inside of me. He's got a hold of me, and he's not going to let us slip away. And we know that the spirits of darkness have a strong grip and can take people away and, and make their life worse off. As, as Paul says, uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, every high thing that is exalted to self in your life, every idea you have, every, every habit, every tradition. If it's up and outside the word of God, that can be a, a stronghold that the enemy can use against you. He says, taking every thought to the obedience of Christ. You want to be completely free? Every thought needs to be subject to the word of God. Every thought and every action, every intent, every, every high thing needs to be processed and passed through the word of God so they can cut out things. Say, no, you need to get rid of that. You need to stop doing that. You don't need to go there anymore. You need to stop seeing that. Why? Because the power of transformation is in the word of God and through his spirit. And so we know that the, the spirits of darkness have a strong grip um, and can take people away and make their life worse off. But even still, even as strong as a grip as they might have on someone, what I see in the Bible is that if someone, if that person that that spirit has a hold of, and it's not letting go for anything, Everybody's tried their own stuff, and it's not letting go. If that person ever decides that they need to get a hold of Jesus, that evil grip is not strong enough to keep them from going to Jesus Christ. They can go there, why? Because God's pull and God's grip is stronger than any evil spirit out there. Just as long as that person wants it. If they want to be delivered, they can be delivered. If they want to be healed, they can be healed and set free. It doesn't matter how strong or how many spirits has a hold of that person. Mark 5, 1, and when they came over to the other side of the sea into the country of Gadarenes, when he saw he and when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. No man could bind him, no, not with chains. They tried, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken to pieces, neither could any man tame him. He was just, he, this man was untouchable. He, they couldn't grab a hold of him. They tried to chain him up and lock him up, but he just broke the chains. And, and always, night and day, he was in the mountains, in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Untouchable. Verse 6. But when he saw Jesus afar off, 
This man that was untouchable by anyone. This man who had all these legions of spirits making him do all kinds of things. When he saw Jesus, all of a sudden this man was able to run down there. He fell down at the feet of Jesus and he started worshiping him. Don't tell me your problem is too great. Don't tell me your devil is too strong. Don't tell me your, your situation is too hard for you. No, God has a hand upon you. All you got to do is get to Jesus. All you got to do is to get in his spirit and God can relieve you. God can deliver you. God can set you free. Don't tell me what kind of excuses. There are no excuses. As we read about, we worship that song, listen to all kinds of excuses. Nope. Plead the name of Jesus. That's all you go. It doesn't matter what has a hold of you or what has a hold of your mind. It doesn't, it doesn't have the power to keep you from the altar. If you really want to come to the altar, nothing can keep you from that. Because the power and the drawl of God is so much greater than the power of the enemy. Uh, it, it doesn't have the power to keep you from the altar. Its grip is not strong enough to keep you from worshiping. You will slip from its grip. Not if, but when. When you decide to fall at the feet of Jesus and surrender to him, the grip that whatever is on you will let go. But not until you make up your mind and say that Jesus is my only answer. Jesus is my only cure. Because anything less than that, then, then the, the, the kingdom of darkness probably has rule and dominion, but not against God. Darkness has a grip, but so does light. And light is more powerful than darkness. And so whatever problem you are dealing with, whatever situation you are in, don't let it keep you from worshiping God. Don't let it keep you from praising God. Don't let it keep you from clapping and shouting and worshiping God. Because if you, if you don't do that, if you're not worshiping God, then something is holding you back. Something's got a hold of you. You may not know what it is. You may just not feel like it. Well, that's who, who, who feels like it all the time. We're going to worship God no matter what. When we feel like it and when we don't feel like it. When we're fine, we're worshiping. When we're not fine, I'm still going to worship God. Why? Because I'm not going to let something grab a hold of me. I'm not going to let something keep me from worshiping my God and lifting up the name of Jesus and shouting praises unto my God. God, any opportunity I can, I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to worship. I'm going to shout unto him. Why? Because I don't want something grabbing a hold of me and keeping me from worshiping God. Musicians, few would come. And so what's, what's keeping you? What's got a hold of you? What's keeping you from the house of God? What's keeping you from prayer? What's keeping you from coming and, and, and being with the people of God and, and worshiping God? Darkness has its own grip, but so does light. Don't let pains grip on you and keep you from believing in God. Don't let the grip of the doctor's report, the professional, don't let their words be more powerful than these words. Don't let the professional say, well, there's just no way. That's okay. Well, you believe that. I'm going to go to a higher authority. I'm going to go see what the word of God says because that's what I'm going to hold on to. That's what I'm putting my faith in is, is in this. I'm not going to let anything else hold me back from what God wants me to do. And the Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. And this tells me that his, his blood he shed for me. And the doctor will probably give you a new medicine or say there's a, a new procedure. But this tells me about a healing virtue flowing from Jesus. And I'm not going to let anything keep me from this. I'm not going to let some ungodly grip keep me from the promises and provisions of God. No, I'm going to run to Jesus. I'm going to worship him even when I don't feel like like it. I'm going to go to the light and I'm going to go to God and let God get a hold of me and let him get a hold of all my cares and trials and problems. That's what he said, cast your cares upon me 
He wants your problems. We don't want to get rid of them. We don't want to give them to him. Man, so darkness, darkness will try to keep you from light. And if you live in the light, and if you walk in the light, then you shouldn't fear the darkness. Shouldn't fear the darkness. Why? Because you're in the greater realm. What's with you is greater than out there. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That's walking in the light. We're not worried about the darkness. Yeah, we, we, we know it's out there, but uh, we're not afraid of it. We're not intimidated by the darkness. Why? Because we walk in the light, and because the greater of the two, the light, has a hold of me. There seems to be this tug of war for the souls of mankind. Two sides pulling. Two sides got their grip on the rope, and they're pulling at you. And it really comes down to who has the greater grip strength, right? Who has the greater strength? That's what, who's going to win? Me going up some kind of, against some, some bodybuilder with arms like this, he's probably going to win. He's got more strength than I do. So it comes down to the tug of war. It comes down to who has the greater strength. I mean, I mean if, if you can hang uh, from a bar for two minutes, the world's at your feet. It all comes down to who is the greatest, your problem or God's. The name of your sickness or the name of my God. Which one is greater? I'm going to call upon the name of Jesus because that is the name that is above every name. Every knee is going to bow. Things in heaven, things on the earth, and things under the earth. Everything is going to bow to the name of Jesus. That's how I know that that is the greatest name. And that's what I'm going to call upon. And I know that Jesus has a hold of me. And so if he has a hold of me, I'm going to be okay. You believe that? Stand with me today. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him, in Jesus, was life. And the life, where is the life? Life is in Jesus. And the life was the light of men. And so if you need life, then you need Jesus. If you need light, then you need Jesus. Because he's light and he's life. Verse 5, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. We get that right. We, we understand that concept. You shine a flashlight in darkness, and you see the effect that it has. But the word comprehended, in my opinion, can be translated better. Because we read, darkness comprehended it not, and we think, well, darkness couldn't figure it out. I mean, that's, that's our common use of the word comprehended that's what it means to us if you don't comprehend something then you don't really you don't really understand it you don't really figure it out and so darkness doesn't understand light we can accept that because I don't understand it either I just flick the switch and the light comes on and there's no more darkness but what if I told you that that is not really what it means here comprehended what if I told you that the Greek word here for comprehend is also used elsewhere, but it's used with a different word? I read it in our text. We didn't have comprehended in our text, but I read the same Greek word. There the word was translated as taken, which means grab a hold of. 
And so I like using that translation a little bit better. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness could not grab a hold of it. The darkness cannot grasp it. The darkness cannot grab it and hold on to it. It just can't do it. It can't, it doesn't have the power to grab on to the light. Light slips through its hands of darkness every single time. The darkness saw it and it went after it, but it could not grab it. It was just something greater. It was a greater force, a greater power. Darkness could not grab a hold. It did not comprehend the light. Jesus is untouchable. Jesus is untouchable. Every time darkness reached for him, couldn't grab him. It couldn't grab him. He, he slipped away every single time. They thought they had him. And God, Jesus just slipped right through their hands. And they're grasping every moment, trying to grab a hold of him, even when they thought that they had him. Darkness tried to hold him in the grave. He said, we got him now. We couldn't, we couldn't grab him before. He, he evaded us. He eluded us. He couldn't get us. But now we got him, but not so fast. Three days later, who comes walking out of the grave? Somebody slipped away. Somebody slipped through the darkness of death. Why? Because darkness cannot grab a hold of light. Darkness cannot grab a hold of it. So what we need to do, we need to go to the light. We need to live in the light. We need to walk in the light. We need to live by it because if I'm in the light, that means darkness cannot get a hold of me because I am in the light. And so what we need to do is to come to Jesus and go to Jesus and to worship him because he is the light and he is the life. And he is untouchable. Micah 7, 7, Therefore, I will look unto the Lord I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. We believe that God will hear me. So what do we say? Rejoice not against me, O oh, my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. I'm not staying down. I'm getting up. And when I sit in darkness, guess what? Darkness, you have no hold on me. Why? Because the Lord is going to be my light. The light is coming. The Lord is my light, and you have no grip on light. You thought you had me, devil, but you can make it as dark as you want. You can make it as dark as you want. I'm just waiting for the light to show up. And once the light shows up, guess what? You're over. Game's over for you because you can't grab a hold of light, and God is my light. You can't touch him. You can't grab a hold of him, and he's coming for me. Because he's never let me go. He knows where I am at all times because he's never let me go. In fact, he lives inside of me. He lives inside of me. And so, you know what? That kind of makes me, that kind of makes me untouchable. Right? That kind of may, if, if, if they can't touch God and he lives inside of me, as long as I live by God, and as long as I live by His Word, and I let His light shine out of me, guess what? They can't grab a hold of me. They're going to try. They're going to try. But they're not going to grab a hold. You ever try to grab a hold of something that's covered in oil? doesn't matter how strong you are. Something's covered in oil, you're not going to grab a hold of it very well, are you? It always slips through your hands. So what do you need to do? You need some dry powder. You need some dryness. If you are dry in your life, that makes a good, good circumstance for the devil to grab a hold of you. Because the devil needs dryness. He needs spiritual dryness. He needs, he needs quiet prayer rooms and he can grab a hold of some. Why? Because there's no oil flowing there. And as soon as it dries out enough, the, the, the darkness can grab a hold of it. And I've got a good grip. Why? Because it's all dried out and it's withered away. And I can really clamp down on it. But if you 
if you let the oil flow in your life, if you keep those rivers of living water flowing out uh, in your life, it's going to be a hard, the devil's going to have a hard time trying to grab a hold of you. Why? Because you're oily. You've got that anointing from God poured down upon your life. You submit yourself to the word of God and the, uh, the, uh, the anointing of God. The oil starts flowing all over me. And guess what, devil? You can't grab a hold of me. I become untouchable through God, through his spirit. Christ, Christ is not Jesus' last name. Jesus Christ, that's not his last name. Christ means Messiah. And Messiah means the anointed one. The anointed one. It's no wonder darkness could not grab a hold of him. Because he's anointed with oil from God. He's anointed by the Spirit of God. And well, we've been anointed by the Holy Ghost. We've been anointed by the Spirit of God. Which means you're slippery and you're oily. And when the devil comes to try to grab a hold of you, he's going to have a hard time holding on, isn't he? Why? Not today, devil. Not today, devil. You can't grab me. You can't get a hold of me. I'm not going to let you keep me down any longer. Today is a day I'm going to get a fresh oil poured out upon me. I don't want to leave here dry. I don't want to leave here just okay. But I want the Spirit of God to come down and cover me. Why? Because I want to walk out of here untouchable. What is it that's in your life that you think has a hold on you? What are you dealing with in your life that keeps you from going where God wants you to go and, and doing what God wants you to do? Maybe it's a, uh, a sickness you're battling and you just feel the weight of it. I'm here to tell you today, you need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost today. You need to walk out of here anointed, on fire for God, and, and walking out of here full of faith. Why? Because they, we become untouchable with God when He's in us. That's why the Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom, Nothing can grab a hold of you. Nothing can grab a hold of you if you are in the presence of Almighty God. And guess what? If you haven't figured it out now, we are in His presence right now. That means whatever had a hold on you out there, it doesn't have a hold on you right now. And so if you're willing to surrender to God, if you're willing to worship God, if you're willing to come to the altar and fall down, God can deliver you from that. God can break the grips of the devil upon you. Come on. I want to open up these altars. If there's something in your life, if you need to pray, prayed for, if you need a fresh touch, a fresh anointing of God, we're here to pray for you. We're here to help you. Why? Because we're all in this together and we need to be untouchable. We have the power. We have the victory through the Holy Ghost. Come on. Anybody believe that today? Well, let's worship the Lord. Let's begin to magnify God. Let's shout unto God. Let's sing praises unto Him. Today is the day when the darkness Hallelujah. falls, it won't We walk out of here different. Those things are going to have a God I serve knows only Not anymore. to triumph. Come on, deliverance is here. My God will never you wanna, If you want prayer for healing, you can come down here. We believe in it. Oh we'll pray God for you. We'll anoint you with oil. Fail. Come on, if there's a situation... Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty.
take this moment and why don't you go anoint somebody else. If you're okay with it, if you're fine, you don't need prayer, that's fine. But we believe in praying for one another. And so why don't you partner up with somebody and why don't you begin to pray for them that the oil of God would pour over their lives, that you pray for blessing, pray that they would become untouchable, pray that nothing would grab a hold of them and hinder them and keep them from being the man and woman that God has called you to be. Come on, let's, let's break out. Let's break out and break forth today. We're going out in victory today. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood over my brother, my sister. I plead the blood. Cover them, Jesus. Devil doesn't 